Hey, gang, this week's episode is brought to you by LinkedIn Jobs. Hey, LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates that you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free now at linkedin.com slash good seats. That's linkedin.com slash good seats to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now here's our show. The journey from Negro League to Major League status takes us back in time. Back to when black players had to work twice as hard, not just to play baseball, but to live, period. Raymond Doswell is vice president and curator of the Negro League's Baseball Museum in Kansas City, Missouri. You had to love it to endure it, and thank God that they did it. Because without the Negro Leagues, there wasn't a place to nurture a Jackie Robinson or a Henry Aaron uh, to become baseball players. They could have done other things. Imagine after a long train or bus ride, players couldn't just book hotel rooms as many towns in the Jim Crow South didn't allow black guests. The same for restaurants that wouldn't serve black diners. Players often depending on what's known as the Green Book that listed friendly black and white patrons along the road willing to provide food and lodging. That may have meant camping out by the lake of someone's farm or fishing uh, for your food or one person having to go into a grocery store and buy peanut butter crackers and bologna and soda pop for everyone because they wouldn't allow black people in the restaurant. And then you went to the back door to do that. But the players marched on, sometimes playing two or three games a day to earn a living, taking on the role of showmen during barnstorming exhibitions to promote their name. But don't get it twisted. Most players loved the life, especially compared to the alternative. Phoenix author Jeremy Beer wrote a book on the Negro League legend Oscar Charleston. They got paid better than way better than the average black worker at the time. And they also got paid better than the average white worker at the time. So even though there wasn't much money, they did, you know, talent got paid. But when it comes to the recent major league designation, the question is, why now? In terms of what took so long, we're at a unique, unique juncture in American history. Um, and, and I don't think that had the events of this summer and and the amplified uh, messaging around things like the Black Ma Black Lives Matter movement, I don't think that we would have gotten to this place. And some believe the Negro Leagues never did and still don't need MLB's recognition for validation. We here at the museum felt we these players never needed any additional validation for their success and for their talent. But having said that, there's a great deal of interest in this. There's a great deal of pride that comes with this designation and this recognition. Um, and the community, the baseball community, as well as many fans across the country are extremely excited about this news. And, and we want to be able to support their understanding of that as much as possible. Welcome to Good Seats Still Available, a curious little podcast devoted to exploring what used to be in professional sports. Here's your host, Tim Hanlon. Hello, hello, hello. How are you, everybody? My name's Tim Hanlon, as announced, and you have found, as announced, good seats still available. What is it, you ask? Well, I'm glad you did. Uh, if you're new around here, this is our little weekly uh, podcast that uh, is devoted to what used to be in the realm of professional sports. Um, yes, we've been doing this every week for almost five years now. and. Um, 
uh, it just uh, keeps rolling on uh, despite all the obstacles against it. And um, and sometimes we wonder, but uh, we are renewed, uh, refreshed uh, constantly with uh, new topics uh, that uh, border on the old or, or uh, depend on uh, what was used, what used to be or what was. Uh, and um, we are uh, continually uh, intrigued by um, the renewal of, uh, of all those stories, especially as uh, situations uh, evolve over time, um, one of which we're going to tackle uh, this week. And it's something we've certainly talked about uh, and nibbled around in um, in some previous episodes. And again, it's the it's the Negro Leagues of baseball. Uh, just a, a, a fascinating topic. Uh, it continues to intrigue uh, and so many more stories and, and pieces of information uh, still yet to be revealed about, you know, the full uh, flavors of of what transpired. Uh, back in the day. Uh, our guest this week is Sean Foreman, and uh, you stats geeks out there may know that name. Uh, if you don't know that name, you certainly know uh, the site, and, and to call it a site is uh, uh, a gross understatement. It's a, a, a trove. Uh, it's a, a repository. It's a living, breathing, I don't know, documentation statistically of the world of professional and even uh, non-professional sports. It's called Sports Reference, uh, sports-reference.com. And it's uh, if you're not familiar with it, well, uh, put down your uh, your little uh, device here and uh, put put it on pause and go check it out. Baseball Reference, uh, baseball-reference.com, basketball-reference.com, pro-football-reference.com, hockey-reference.com. Uh, you get the idea, uh, uh, fbref.com, which is all things statistical about soccer slash football. Um, it is um, uh, a wondrous place for uh, the most accurate and comprehensive uh, and obsessively so uh, statistics about all kinds of sports uh, data, performance, players, teams, all that kind of stuff. It's something we rely on heavily here around here at Good Seat Still Available. Uh, but Sean, uh, it, not only uh, do we get into sort of the uh, the origins of uh, of um, of the company Sports Reference, um, but in particular, uh, Sports Reference's uh, uh, participation in something that was announced last year, as you heard on that clip, um, when Major League Baseball last year um, essentially, uh, let's call it, came to their senses and recognized that uh, something, some things, much more. Uh, needed to be done to uh, elevate uh, the memories, the, t- the statistics, the uh, the contributions, and, and other things from the Negro Leagues into the mainstream, if you will, of Major League Baseball. It's history, uh, it's uh, documentation, uh, all of its stuff. Uh, that clip was uh, from uh, almost last year, uh, uh, February twenty fifth, nineteen. Excuse me, nineteen. <laughs> Boy, uh, he's uh, he's already uh, still stuck in the past for sure. That Hanlon guy, uh, February twenty fifth, two thousand twenty one. That was just last year. Mark Thompson on ABC fifteen Arizona, your local Scripps uh, TV station there in uh, the Phoenix area, setting up the uh, the tone. I, I thought a very uh, excellent uh, uh, summation of what was going on last year when Major League Baseball announced it. You heard a couple of. Uh, of interesting uh, uh, quotes in that clip, Raymond uh, Doswell, who's uh, uh, one of the uh, chief uh, historians and uh, curators there at the Negro Leagues Baseball Museum, 
Scott Bush uh, from Saber is in there. And, and our episode number 143 guest, Jeremy Beer, uh, he, uh, the author of that uh, extensive and excellent uh, uh, biography of, of Oscar Charleston, uh, is also quoted in there. And that sets the tone. Um, it's one thing last year to announce Major League Baseball uh, to uh, start to elevate and incorporate all that stuff from the Negro Leagues uh, finally into the mainstream of of um, of uh, the st- uh, the uh, statistical uh, records of of baseball but it's quite another thing to actually execute it make it happen uh, and that's really kind of the focus of our conversation with Sean Foreman uh, this week he's going to kind of walk us through sort of how all this came about uh, the the um, uh, the challenges frankly of, of of the data this the still uh missing data from a lots of different pockets of of Negro League uh, coverage uh, from back in the day. And we, we, you know, we've talked about that before in previous episodes. Check them out. Um, but, uh, and Seamhead's part of this as well. Seamhead's.com, uh, arguably the um, longest lasting and most dedicated and devoted site to uh, keeping those Negro League uh, statistics uh, alive and breathing and uh, and legit. Uh, and, and now fusing those uh, pieces of data together. Uh, and now, the, the frankly, the harder heavy lifting of incorporating all that stuff so that it is truly, quote unquote, seamless. Um, so, for example, I mean, if you look at uh, if you go into um, some of the histories and look at uh, some of the players that uh, had the uh, the luxury or benefit luxury, I don't know if it's a luxury, but but the, the 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 luck, shall we say, of playing in both the organized baseball major leagues as well as having played in the Negro Leagues prior. So like a Satchel Page, you look up Satchel Page at baseball-reference.com now. Um, not only will you see his uh, very latter years with, say, the Cleveland Indians and and that kind of stuff, but you will now see incorporated in uh, uh, unified fashion all of his statistics from all of those uh, major Negro leagues uh, of the time, the ones that he played in, the Negro National League, uh, the Negro American League, right? with numbers, you know, and they're obviously different um, – uh, there are different sort of uh, flavors of those leagues. I mean, I think, um, uh, yeah, we also get into with our conversation with Sean, uh, some of the um, decisions that had to be made in that process, right? Um, I think there's general agreement uh, from most baseball scholars, and I am not one, so fair disclosure, but that there were essentially seven uh, leagues, Negro leagues that were of major league caliber. Um, uh, but there are certainly a whole host of other ones that, you know, were, I guess you could say were minor, but, but certainly had elements of major, um, uh, further consternation by, uh, statistically by the fact that, uh, there was so much barnstorming going on that, yeah, it, during seasons that weren't sort of officially part of the records and all that kind of stuff. So we get into all that stuff. It's, it's endlessly fascinating. Um, and again, I think this sort of the theme is it's, uh, been of course long overdue, um, but it's 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 a messy process. It's not easy. Um, and we kind of sort of get into some of the into the weeds of this stuff, but you'll find it all really fascinating stuff. And it all all of this essentially is is a foundational stuff for all of it. So anytime we talk about a Homestead Grays or a, an Atlantic City Baccarat Giants or whatever, right, those are those teams uh, in whatever those Negro Leagues were um, are now uh, fully part of the uh, official baseball organized baseball canon. Um Lord knows there's plenty still left to do, right? Uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame, uh, arguably, and 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 uh, long understood to be sort of woefully behind uh, in elevating. Uh, God bless the um, uh, the uh, Negro Leagues Baseball Museum in Kansas City. 
you know, for, uh, you know, being a center of of excellence that, you know, essentially is doing what arguably what uh, a lot of uh, the Baseball Hall of Fame has, you know, not done or, or has missed. Um, but so this is an ongoing, you know, conversation and, and um, uh, uh, you know, uh, I would call it reparation, right? About it, but an ongoing uh, evolution, frankly, of, of the totality of history of baseball. Uh, and that's uh, our conversation this week with Sean Foreman, uh, the uh, the head, the president of Sports Reference LLC. And again, all those amazing sites and data and statistics. Uh, you will find this uh, fascinating. Uh, I know I did, and uh, I suspect that you will as well. So uh, coming up in just a moment's time, uh, an interesting sponsor this week um, and, and related, frankly, to um, our topic at hand. Um, got a nice note from um, uh, Miles Causey uh, up there in, um, uh, where is it? Beautiful North Bay. I don't know how beautiful it is in the the depths of winter. I'm sure he could share a couple of stories about how wonderful winter is up in North Bay, Ontario, Canada. But uh, God bless. Um, uh, he is behind um, something that I think all you Negro League fans out there will will just love to have to your collection. Uh, it's uh, it's a throwback calendar. Uh, it's officially licensed by the Negro League's Baseball Museum, of course. And that's hugely important in any of these uh, Negro League uh, commemoration things that might be floating out there. But uh, licensed by the Negro League Baseball Museum, uh, it's a it's a, a gorgeous uh, throwback uh, calendar that's uh, expertly colorized uh, and painstakingly restored. Uh, Thirteen uh, 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 by month photographs uh, in in this calendar. Uh, there's a monthly grid for uh, the first few months of 2023 in there, and uh, you'll find in there not only um, uh, great photography, and some some of them are iconic, and some of them are uh, frankly new to me. But uh, there's a new photograph for each month. It's brought to to life in in stunning detail. Um, it's, it's a one of a kind, it's got statistics in there. It's got some, uh, historical team and uh, league logos in there, uh, some monthly baseball facts from the Negro league baseball museum. Uh, and it's just, it's a, it's a wonderful thing to have on your wall as I have now. It's only 1799, uh, all in, uh, easily purchased online. And here's the website it's NLBM. That is as stands for Negro league baseball museum, NLBM throwback calendars. Dot com. Again, NLBM. N is in Nancy, L is in Larry, B is in boy, M is in Mary. NLBM throwback calendars, all one word, dot com. And for $17.99, this official 2022 Negro Leagues Baseball Museum wall calendar uh, will be yours. You will love it. Um, it's a wonderful uh, piece. Uh, and uh, I think even that the photos will uh, be interesting to keep even long after the year. Uh, has been done, and, and the colorization has been uh, excellently done, uh, and it's it's a wonderful complement to some of the uh, black and white photography that you've seen out there from uh, the vaunted uh, and uh, memorable Negro Leagues. Again, one more time, that's NLBM Throwback Calendars, all in word, dot com uh, for your official 2022 Negro Leagues Baseball Museum wall calendar. It's only seventeen ninety nine dollars uh, U.S., and... Um, Run, don't walk to get uh, one of these and uh, check them out. You'll be glad you did. Thanks, uh, Miles, for uh, uh, for reaching out and uh, and introducing us to this uh, wonderful uh, New Year's uh, item. Uh, and, and ironically, perfectly set for this week's conversation. So sit back and enjoy our chat with Sean Foreman. We had this uh, just a couple of, about a week ago. Yeah, 
uh, as we talk about um, Sports Reference LLC, this uh, wondrous site and uh, the various uh, uh, components. Oh, hey, you know, I almost forgot. Before we get into it, there's a book uh, that Sean has edited. I forgot, almost forgot to mention it. It's called The Negro Leagues Are Major Leagues. Uh, the book is out now. We'll talk about it at the uh, at the end of the, of the episode. But check it out. Uh, the Negro Leagues Are Major Leagues. a great series of essays uh, and research that kind of uh, is sort of a compendium and a complement to uh, the statistical stuff we're going to talk about right now. Coming up, please enjoy. First, before we get anywhere, why don't you explain to our audience and those people who just for whatever reasons have been living under a rock don't know what sports reference is and, and what you've assembled over the years? Because, my God, it is it's a, a, a treasure trove is is maybe underselling it. Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Um, it, it's been almost 22 years now, uh, about some in Around February 1st of 2000, I launched the initial uh, format of Baseball Reference, and, and really it's entirely premised on the you know old baseball encyclopedias, football encyclopedias, uh, that would basically have stats for every player and every team that ever existed uh, at, a, at a major league level uh, in those sports. And so we, um, so I initially was avoiding my PhD dissertation and created the initial site, uh, Baseball Reference, in 2000. And then slowly from there, we part partnered with some other people, Doug Drennan, Justin Tobacco, uh, added fo football reference, uh, pro, uh, basketball reference, hockey reference, college sports, um, the Olympics briefly We for about seven or eight years, which, which, uh, which we took down uh, after a while. Uh, and now soccer reference, FBREF. Uh, dot com. And so basically, you know, it's I always felt like the web was a very good format for that. This was before we could find anything we wanted on our cell phones. This was, um, you know, really, really uh, right around the first bubble uh, for the Internet. And so, you know, it was it was a labor of love at that time. I, um, you know, it took me about six years to finally quit my job as a math professor and, and start working full time. And then for the last 16 years, we've slowly been growing and we're Growing a little bit faster now, but we're up to uh, we'll be actually approaching 27 employees here by the end of the month, and and um, so it's 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 been it's been a lot of fun. I, I feel fortunate to have been able to work on it for as long as I have. Well, so I, I got to ask to start. What uh, why is it because there was just the an absence of these stats uh, elsewhere, or they were buried in? printed books and, 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 and diaspora of such? Um, yeah, I mean, more or less. We, uh, you know, you, you could, at, in, back in 2000 or 1999, uh, summer of 1999, you could find Barry Bonds' stats, you could find Pedro Martinez' stats on ESPN, which I think maybe it was called Star Wave at that point. Um, you could find, you know, you could find the current players, but you couldn't find Ty Cobb, you couldn't find Mickey Mantle, not to mention Josh Gibson, which we'll get to in a little bit, but you know, you couldn't find stats for any of those retired players uh, at all. And I was a huge baseball fan. I'd been very serious about fantasy baseball. I'd gotten into the history of the game, started, excuse me, <clears throat> I had started writing for a, uh, a baseball book called the Big Bad Baseball Annual, which was kind of a successor to some of the Bill James baseball abstracts in the late 90s. And so... Which I themselves, very... by the way, were gargantuan tomes. Uh, they got yes, bigger and bigger every yeah. year. I mean, they were like... Yeah. I mean, you could use them to hold your door open. They were so big. They, they were good sized books. Yeah. And, and so I was, I was a fan of, I had become a fan of those books as well. And so I had gotten into the history of the game a little bit more. And I'd really thought I was also, you know, I was at the age, you know, at that time as mid twenties where the internet was really starting to take off. And so I had, 
you know, the opportunity to do web design and learn about that. And I really thought that the web would be a, um, a great format for these encyclopedias because uh, you could be on a page with Joe DiMaggio stats and you could click on, you know, the, uh, you know, 1938 Yankees and immediately see all of his teammates that were playing there instead of having to leap through about 600 pages in the baseball encyclopedia in order to get to that page and then go back another 450 to see what his teammates had done. Um, you know, for their careers. So it felt like a really good uh, way to uh, to set things up. And, and it was it was really mostly my own itch. It was something that I was interested in. And I thought there would be some audience for it. Uh, I certainly didn't expect that I would, you know, create a business that would, you know, kind of become my life's work, uh, you know, based on that. Well, on, on a personal front, uh, having um, interned at Sports Illustrated back in college uh, and doing a lot of uh, uh, stats research for, for various articles and stuff. Uh, and later in life, a few years after that, actually having worked at said uh, Star Wave uh, in Bellevue, Washington, okay. this is the old ESPN sports zone and, and those various things. I became very familiar with um, uh, statistical sources such as the uh, vaunted and hallowed Elias Sports Bureau. Um, I, I got to think others were aggregating data and statistics but but yours is maybe of a sort of a different order or more comprehensive or what was well, different th- from your approach i guess yeah i mean at that time when i when we launched there was no other historical source really there 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 was not there was not another source there was i don't think there was a website out there where it would show you year by year what ty cobbs you know batting stats were or anything like that so we to some degree we were the first um to to show that level of comprehensive information uh, you know, since that time, obviously, there have been others who have started presenting that information as well. I think, you know, obviously, Elias had the information. Um, you know, we we have been fortunate to partner with Pete Palmer and Gary Gillette, who, you know, who put out the ESPN Baseball Encyclopedias and other publications like that. And so there, there were people who had aggregated this information. Um, and, and so, you know, I think what kind of what was different about my approach and our approach was that we've been very open and, and really not, um, you know, I, I think what we're selling is the service, the convenience, the comprehensiveness, the accuracy. Uh, we're not selling necessarily the data itself, right? The data, obviously you're coming to get the information, but you know, the fact that it's easy to get, you can reuse it, you can share it, you can, um, you know, you can, you can do a lot of things with it. I think is probably, you know, been, been the thing that served us the best over, over, over a long time. And, you know, we've continually building, we're always adding new information, you know, we're working with somebody to try and get AAGPBL data uh, for the site. Uh, we're probably launching an NCAA softball site this winter. Um, so, you know, we're always tr- looking for new sources of information to, to add and, and to go back further and to, to uh, you know, to fill out our database. And so, you know, it's, it's a constant, we, we love doing it. And so we think we do it well. So it's it's a constant thing that I think hopefully makes, you know, differentiates us over time. Well, I think it's also the openness of it, too. Right. I mean, you can make right. the argument that an Elias over the years, right, was frankly more of a, a service or a black box. Right. Where right. You know, right. as a young cub reporter at Sports Illustrated back in the late 80s, you know, interning and, you know, f- doing uh, you know fact checking for articles on, you know, the Mets that year. It, you know, it's it's like, hey, uh, Sal, what do you got on, uh, you know, uh so and so's record or Daryl Strawberry's performance thing from three years ago or whatever, you know, and right. maybe th- either thirty seconds or or thirty minutes later, you get a call back, 
right? Right, right. Yeah, and it, it's we've really empowered the user. You know, both both. You know, I know a lot of media use our sites. Like, you know, I'm in press boxes. I always see people using it. But I, you know, it, so it's the professionals, but all, but also, you know, just the fans, right? I mean, nobody, you know, um, you know, uh, somebody who's just a fan is is not going to be able to get a return call from Elias when they have a question generally. So it's, yeah, we we, we really try to you know make that data available and really push it out there and and put it in useful formats for people trying to answer. You know, I, I, we're fortunate to some degree to work in this field because we're all fans. Most of us are fans of sports, and and um, and, and so we we have a pretty good feeling for what people want and how how they want it presented. And I, I get pretty particular about how we do that. And so, um, you know, I think that's that's also been a, you know, so, something that's been very important for us. Well, we love it, too, right? Because in our little sort of odd corner of um, of sports fandom and, and history and whatever this has sort of become, uh, it, it's um, it's validation and um, verification of right. uh, teams and, and situations and players and uh, leagues even, right, that for whatever reasons are not around anymore. And you know, uh, I, you know, old man yelling at the clouds coming up. Well, wait for it. You know, it, it, people forget, right? I mean, the Utah Jazz used to they, they were they originally created in in New Orleans. How did they get that name right. in the first place? Right. People don't remember Pete Maravich and all that stuff, but you know, people of the generation now will just remember the Utah Jazz and they think it was there from time immemorial, and and it's certainly right. not the case, right? So, a lot of lost history in these statistics. Uh, God forbid, uh, it's not. Uh, curated and, uh, uh, you know, lovingly crafted and and uh, um, maybe, um, uh, you know, uh, seriously um, uh, defined and curated. Right. Yeah. No, we take it very seriously. I mean, we go to the extent of, you know, we've we've re- researched the historical names of all the teams, um, you know, at the year that they were playing. So if you you know, go to a 1909, uh, you know, what is currently the Boston Red Sox, you know, their name may be different than, than what you see or, you know, and, 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 you know, you see, I see on other sites, you know, maybe, you know, one of the things I check when I see, you know, how serious somebody is a, is a competitor to us is, you know, are they, do they show, you know, the proper names for teams, you know, when, when they were playing, you know, 50, 60 or 120 years ago. Um, and so, you know, we, we take that very seriously and, and, you know, we have, um, you know, just to give you an example of the of the links we'll go to our um, uh, Mike Lynch, who is our uh, product manager for Stathead and also our data editor. He, um, he has a side project. He um, he basically identified every buzzer beater in NBA history. Um, and he did that by basically finding every game that ended three points or less. Uh, and then researching in newspapers.com or looking through YouTube to find clips or basically research the endings of every single one of those games in NBA history to determine which ones had, had ended on a buzzer beater. Uh, and, and so, you know, a lot, a lot of things like that are, are it's a lot of uh, sweat of the brow. It's a lot of looking through original sources. Uh, we're fortunate to have a lot of really great partners um, who, you know, trust us and will share that information with us uh, and, and, you know, that they've gleaned from going to NFL films or looking through newspaper archives or things like that. And so that that's always been, you know, I think a, a feather in our cap that those people seek us out and want to share their research with us. And we you know, are able to strike strike agreements with them to uh, present their data. Is that passion uh, unhealthy obsession, uh, both uh, financial uh, rewards. What drives all of this, and what what originally drove it in the first place? Well, I, I mean, you know, I, I think for for all of us, it was just you know there there's there's definitely a uh, 
I mean, on the internet, there's, you know, you always want to be right, right? You want, you want to know, you want to know more than the next person. And, and I, I grew up kind of arguing on old Usenet news groups, you know, from way back in the 90s. And, uh, and so, you know, having data available was always useful for, for making a more cogent, cogent argument uh, with, with whoever you were debating. So I think that's a lot of it. I think one, you know, I think a lot of it is remembering, you know, we talk about our, in our company, we talk about remembering that guy, you know, oh, oh yeah, you remember Gorman Thomas or you remember, uh, you know, Buddy Bianca Lana or, or, you know, people like that who, um, who, who are players that, um, you know, that, that aren't famous players, you know, in present day, but, you know, had, had a role to play, you know, at the time and maybe had some important moments. And, uh, and so, you know, we take it seriously. Respect is one of our big corporate company values. And so we, you know, we, we, as part of that, we really say, see that the legacy of the players, the history of the teams, the legacy of, uh, you know, a lot of these players, you know, we're the number one source for people looking for information about them. You know, and they, you know, if somebody, you know, if somebody, you know, unfortunately passes away, you know, we'll see uh, people looking them up and finding them on our site and that, you know, that player's, uh, page views will definitely go up as people are, you know, finding out more about them. And so we take that very seriously to present a, you know, as complete of a picture of that as we can. Um, I, yeah, that's, uh, I, I, so let's, let's segue specifically into baseball, right? Cause you, you mentioned that first and foremost, that was mm-hmm. your first real product. What, what is it about? I think I know the answer, but what is it about right. baseball amongst all the other sports that you could have started with? that just leaps out to you as the place to start and frankly uh, create the, uh, the template, shall we say, for all the other stuff that you've grown to over the years. Right. I, I mean, it was, you know, I, I mean, for me personally, it was just my interest level in baseball was higher than anything else. I was always a huge baseball fan and, and, you know, always have been. Um, but, I, you know, obviously baseball, as, as you all know, is, is more, um, I mean, the numbers just mean a whole lot more. I, I could ask, you know, 35 people, uh, yeah, I could ask a hundred football fans, like who is the all time touchdown leader. And, you know, very, probably not many of them could even tell me who it is. And if they could uh, probably, you know, a tight microscopic percentage of them can tell me exactly how many touchdowns it was, but home runs, you know, you ask a hundred baseball fans, you could probably get 50, you know, 60, 70% who would, who could name maybe the last three holders of that record. And then, you know, and perhaps even give me how many home runs they had. So it's, you know, the numbers in baseball are obviously, a, a, you know, a hugely important to the game, uh, you know, are, you know, uh, studying, you know, how a Mickey Mantle compares to a Juan Soto or, a, you know, somebody like that is, is always, you know, been a huge part of the game as well. The Hall of Fame is always a big part of what we, um, you know, our traffic, you know, in January and that that's always one of our biggest days of the year. Um, so, you know, the history of the game, the numbers, you know, just just are have an intricate part of that. Uh, part of that story. And so it's, you know, I think that's always, of course, been the, been the biggest draw for, uh, for baseball. All right. Well, so, so let, let, let me then get into how the Negro leagues play into all of this. I mean, we've had a a ton of different conversations that have sort of nibbled around the edges of, of uh, everything from uh, uh, ignorance or, or quote unquote, separate, but equal and, or just all kinds of just crazy nonsense and stuff. But it seems like there has been, especially of late an evolution or uh, of of thinking of acceptance of um uh reverence of uh, of understanding of history the importance of such um I, I, arguably you could draw a, sort of a faint circle around 
the 1990s uh, uh, Ken Burns baseball series, perhaps mm-hmm. as the, you know, sort of ultimate uh, rekindling in this sort of next generation of a baseball fan. But give me a sense of how you as as the site and and as a company have handled the Negro Leagues and the statistics stuff, uh, both, you know, uh, originally and and now uh, and why now has become more important. I'm not sure it's, it's kind of lost on a bunch of people, but right. there has been some some literal changes in right. guidance and and desire by powers that be finally. Yeah, I, I so you know it, it's um it, it's kind of one of those things where I think progress moves very slowly, and then all of a sudden it's obvious to everybody what we should be doing, and and so um you know I I'll admit it was um, so so for, for me personally, and I know you know this, I I agree. I think Ken Burns, Buck O'Neill. Uh, you know, that documentary had probably far more to do, you know, it was, was probably the the thing that kept the Negro League, the memory of the Negro Leagues from from, from dying and actually actually brought us to, you know, to where we are today with Buck getting into the Hall of Fame among among with other along with others, uh, other players from the Negro Leagues this, uh, this past, uh, you know, I guess last month now. Um, you know, for me personally, I we had always, you know, I, I you know, we deal with numbers and we deal with statistics. And the quite frankly, the statistics for the Negro Leagues are are not at the level of the of the statistics for the white major leagues. And so, you know, there are a number of reasons for that. Um, you know, the main one being funding. Um, you know, there were uh, dozens and dozens of newspapers following uh, the white major league teams. You know, day in day out across the country, all over the place. And you know, the black newspapers were not as well funded, and, and so they weren't covering. Uh, able to cover to the same degree, and also the you know the rec- their, those newspapers were not kept in in uh, historical records to the same degree that white newspapers were, um, and so um, you know I kind of my view had been well you know I, I really respect the Negro Leagues but there are no numbers to really place on this so we're kind of stuck and with you know and so we. We, we did have an agreement with the Hall of Fame to publish some of the numbers that came out of the NL, um, the Negro League uh, researchers and authors group, uh, I think in the somewhat, I don't remember the year, but in the 2000s. So we, we were publishing Negro League stats, but it was in, a, in, in with the foreign leagues and minor leagues and independent leagues uh, on our site. Uh, and so in, in that area, and then uh, about a year and a half ago, Ben Lindbergh wrote a story where, um, you know, I, I don't think the, the idea, I think it, he told me it occurred to somebody on a, uh, somebody asked him on one of his podcasts, uh, why, why aren't the Negro Leagues considered major leagues? We had all these Hall of Fame players, they were top players, they weren't allowed to play in the white major leagues, why don't we just call them major leagues? And so he wrote a story for The Ringer about it, and, you know, being uh, the guy who started Baseball Reference, he interviewed me. And to be honest with you, it just kind of hit me like a thunderbolt. Like, why don't we call these major leagues? They, you know, if all these players, you know, we we have spent years saying these players could have played in the white major leagues, uh, in the national and in American leagues. Uh, but we, for some reason, have just never taken the step to recognize these leagues as major. Uh, and, and really, that's all it would take is just say, you know, we... To, to write a historical wrong, we're going to now recognize these leagues as major and treat them as such on our site. And so, um, you know, at, at basically after that phone call, we started talking with seam heads um, with uh, Gary Ashwell and Scott Simkus and other people. Yeah. Before uh, you go further, why don't you describe okay. for our audience who, who and what seam heads is too? Because this sure. is a so, story. 
Yeah, so seam heads is, uh, it's an, so as with a lot of, you know, these data sets that we've discussed, you know, Retrosheet is another group that works in baseball stats that's similar to that. But it's, it's a lot of people uh, who basically, you know, on the internet has really fostered uh, a great deal of this research because you can connect with people wherever they are. Um, but seam heads a group of probably, you know, four or five core researchers, uh, Kevin Johnson, um, Michael Lynch, who is not the Michael Lynch who works for, uh, for Sports Reference, uh, and, and then Dan Hirsch, who does work for Sports Reference, uh, worked on their work, has, did most of the work on their website. But those four or five people basically would, would accumulate along with Larry Lester and a lot of Negro League researchers, um, would acquire, uh, box scores, uh, from Negro League, from, uh, black, black newspapers and, uh, and then, um, accumulate season stats from that and, you know, recreate season schedules. Um, they would calculate, um, you know, they, they would track down and travel across the country looking for microfilm and libraries. And over the course of 10 to 15 years, they really advanced the field dramatically forward. I mean, it was, it was, it's really a, a heroic effort on their part, um, you know, all of them to get to the point where we are today, where we can even, you know, make any, argue, any statements at all about, you know, what batting averages or home runs these players have. And so they, uh, they, they had their own website. Um, you know, which is still available, seamheads.com. Uh, uh, and so, you know, that website had become the de facto source, you know, for Negro League stats for, anybody, oh, it, for people who knew better. A, a marvel in and of itself. Right. Sure. And, and so we, you know, I was aware of it and I knew that it had better data than we did. And I often would tell people to, you know, you really should, you don't, I wouldn't use our data. I would go look at seamheads and they have much better data. So we had, we had we had talked sort of about um, maybe licensing their data and including it on our site, but when you know after the Ben Lindbergh interview, it really for me took a lot more importance, and so we started discussing with them, and then kind of independently or kind of you know one of these things where kind of the environment just creates you know similar views. Uh, Major League Baseball also decided to recognize uh, the new leagues as major leagues and 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 basically issued their. Press release edict, um, you know, I guess almost a year ago now. Uh, was you know, that, state, I'm sorry, was that was that by happenstance or just just dumb luck uh, from what you uh, were talking about, or did it was there some kind of uh, cross pollination, shall we say? Well, I, I mean, I, I think I think it was one of these situations. You know, you remember there were the you know the 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 unfortunate murder of George Floyd and 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 the the protests around around Black Lives Matter. And all that. So I, I think I think the, the the time was ripe for the idea to 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 and I, and I think people were asking asking questions, right? Ben Lindbergh had asked a question. He had obviously you know asked some ma- major league uh, baseball people, uh, you know, as part of that part of that story as well. And so I, I think it was one of the cases where the time was ripe and and, and um, you know sort 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 of like calculus being co co uh, co um, discovered you know within a year or two in different places in the world it was it was just one of those things where the ideas you know the time the idea had come you know the time had come for the idea to happen so um so obviously we were ha- we um you know i think that that you know if anything gave us more impetus to uh to move forward on this also saber uh society for american baseball research of which i'm a you know i try to be an active member and supporter uh, had convened a group to discuss this matter as well. And so Sabre had itself independently decided to recognize, you know, they, they produce a tremendous amount of content, both written and, and you know, mostly written and and uh, on their website and publications and that, and basically rewrite their style guide to recognize, you know, a set of seven Negro Leagues 
um, as uh, as major leagues uh, in their writing. And so, you know, and that's, you know, that's, um, so those were kind of the three, there were three kind of groups. I was involved with the Sabre decision as well uh, that kind of made this decision. So once that happened, we basically started working to, you know, make, make this a reality on our site. Um, it was, um, so, you know, we struck a deal with Seam Heads. They were going to allow us to use their data. And then basically it was about a three-month project for us to, you know, kind of rewrite a lot of the, um, a lot of the assumptions we'd made on the site about, you know, how many leagues there were in 1925 and how many leagues there were in 1946. And, and you know, what, what is it, you know, some seasons we may not know exactly how many games the teams played. And some seasons we may not know exactly how many games, uh, you know, all the stats for Josh Gibson. And some seasons we may know almost all the stats for Josh Gibson. And how do we represent that on the site? And how do we show that? What do we do about leaderboards where maybe some seasons we only have 40 games of, of data for a team? Um, and so all of that, you know, kind of got put into, into a pot together and, and uh, you know, allowed us to come up with, uh, you know, come up with what you see on the site today. So we, you know, one of the things that we were, um, you know, we, we didn't want it just to be the numbers, though, because we, we knew that, um, you know, we, we, we felt there might be some resistance to just showing the numbers and, and, and not really making a case behind it. And so the book you alluded to, um, we, we commissioned a number of pieces, I think six or seven pieces from various researchers. Um, our, the, the title of the book uh, is, you know, we, we say the Negro Leagues are major leagues. Uh, Todd Peterson um, um, uh, edited a book uh, called The Negro Leagues Were Major Leagues, uh, which had a number of authors who submitted pieces to that and, and, and really laid out a, you know, a significant case that that these leagues should be recognized as, as major leagues. And so we commissioned a number of the authors from that article. We were lucky to get a contribution from Adam Jones, the former major league baseball player, uh, got Bob Kendrick from the Negro League Baseball Museum, and Joe Posnanski wrote a piece uh, for the site. And, and, you know, we were able to get, um, able to get, a, you know, Sean Gibson wrote a piece for the site, Josh Gibson's uh, uh, grandson. And so, um, you know, so we, we were fortunate to get a number of pieces um, on the site that really kind of laid out the history of the game. Because, you know, the other thing is statistics can kind of flatten a player. You know, you look at a player and, and if you just look at their stats, it doesn't give you a full representation of that player. And so we wanted to make it clear that, you know, these were people playing in a certain circumstance in a certain time, you know, with, with difficulties that their white colleagues didn't have. Um, and, and, and so we really wanted to give a better feel for what the era was like and, and, and why the numbers are less uh, complete than they are for the white major leagues and what we can do to mitigate that and how we handle that. And so all of those articles appear on the site. And then we've, since then, Cecilia Tan at Sabre and working with Sabre, we've, uh, we've compiled it into a book along with some publications uh, that Sabre has run over the years. You know, Sabre has always been a huge, um, you know, they, they've really kept the flame alive. They have a very active Negro Leagues Committee uh, chaired by, um, by Larry Lester. Uh, and Larry was also, we were fortunate to have Larry join us on a uh, press conference that we, that we did when we launched this. So, it was, um, you know, it was really a significant effort for us, probably the biggest project we've ever done, you know, as a group. And uh, there were just many, many people involved. And we were, we were fortunate to be able to, to, to publish that. I think it was sometime in June uh, that we did that last summer. So it's, it's you know, the, the response was great. People were very happy with it. And we were, um, you know, it was, it was really a pleasure to, uh, an honor to really to get to work on that.
right, what's this? LinkedIn Jobs. Hey, these days it can be hard to find and hire the right candidates for your small business. And that's why LinkedIn Jobs made it easier to find the people that you want to talk to faster and for free. You can create a free job post in minutes on LinkedIn Jobs to reach your network and beyond to the world's largest professional network of over 770 million people. Holy mackerel. I added that part. Focus on candidates with just the right skills and experience and use screening questions to get your role in front of only the most qualified. Then use the simple tools on LinkedIn Jobs to quickly filter and prioritize who you'd like to interview and hire. It's why small businesses rate LinkedIn Jobs number one in delivering quality hires versus the leading competitors. LinkedIn Jobs helps you find the candidates you want to talk to faster. Did you know that every week, nearly 40 million job seekers visit LinkedIn? Post your job for free at linkedin.com slash good seats. That's linkedin.com slash good seats to post your job for free. Terms and conditions apply. And now back to our conversation. All right, two things I want to tease out from what you from what you just uh, said there, uh, and they both relate to process about how these uh, stats were compiled and, and the, the the rules that uh, you created or uh, updated or, or or changed or whatever all along the way as you discovered things and whatever. Uh, number one, and we've heard this from she's a, a number of people we've talked with, like Byron Motley and, and Don Rogerson and, and a bunch of others, um, and consistently was this. Um, uh, shall we say, lack of um, consistency around the original data sources, right? Sometimes, you know, the teams in and around New York, uh, say with, uh, you know, the, the press coverage in, 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 the, uh, in the black communities was, was uh, better and more consistent, like the Amsterdam right. News, for example, um, you know, Art Russ Jr. and, and uh, et cetera, you know, being a meticulous editor of, of all those kinds of stats yet, in other markets, maybe non-existent or a little bit more lackadaisical or, you know, shall we say not, uh, you know, as uh, 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 strenuous in terms of, uh, uh, you know, editorial control and whatnot. Sure. How do you, uh, I guess the question is, how, when you see gaps or there, uh, there are inconsistencies, what's the approach generally to normalizing those things? And, and is part of it sort of an understanding that maybe this is going to be uh, more of a living, breathing kind of exercise than a definitive one at the, from the get-go. Oh yeah, it's it's absolutely a living, breathing exercise. I mean, we uh, you know we we're expecting to the numbers to move every six months. I mean, I, I you know as, as you know seam heads. Uh, so you know a lot of those questions we um, so Gary Ashwell wrote a really nice piece for our site about how the stats are actually accumulated um, that I would point you know point your listeners to. But the um, you know the in most cases, we do not have a complete record of what the team did on that season. And you also, you know, even, but even, you know, further than that, you have cases, uh, you know, a team like the Kansas City Monarchs who, you know, some seasons were not actually in a league, but were playing like all the other league teams that were actually in the league. Uh, and so, you know, maybe we should be including them on the side as well as a major league, major league team, because they had many Hall of Famers on their team uh, at those times. And so it becomes really, you know, you have to be careful with your definitions. You have to, 
uh, clearly illuminate to the user what you're doing and, and, and why you're doing it. Um, and so, yeah, it's, you, you really have to, I mean, as someone who's done this for most of his adult life now, you know, I, I've always known there was a lot of ambiguity behind it, right? I mean, Ty Cobb's hit totals have changed multiple times in, in my lifetime, uh, his career hit totals, you know, based on the current research that people have done or new, new uh, sources that people have found. Uh, Walter Johnson's strikeout totals have changed, you know, so, so even in the white major leagues, you've seen numbers, you know, and the numbers are, are on, you know, they're not, they're not, they're, they're, they're not printed on, on stone tablets and accurate, you know, be, beyond all doubt. There, there's, you know, there's um, intuition that had to happen in researchers. There were mistakes that were made that, uh, that people have uncovered and, and fixed. Um, I, you know, I joke when I give a talk every once in a while about, you know, about sabermetrics and, and stat or the history of statistics and, and things like that. And one of the things I joke is that when I get to heaven, I want to see God's baseball encyclopedia so I can finally tell what Ty Cobb actually hit uh, for his career, because, you know, we really don't know. It's, it's all, all of those numbers from previous to probably 1971 have, have some, some iffiness in them, I would say, you know, especially like the defensive numbers. There are many, many cases of players who came in and as ninth inning substitute and just were never credited a game, game fielding, you know, for that game. They, they, they're probably in the thousands uh, of, of, uh, of records like that. So, you know, so I, I've been okay with the ambiguity of that, but the, the Negro leagues really bring it out, um, you know, dramatically for you because they, they, um, they, they, um, you know, there are many games missing, Many times you'll have two or three sources that'll dispute, you know, what actually happened on the field. Um, and, and, you know, the other thing that happened is, you know, the, a lot of these games, they were, they were, um, they were not playing in the same ballparks. Like it was not a small set of ballparks. There were some seasons where there might be 40, 50 ballparks that the teams were playing in over the course of the season. So, um, you know, a game might've been played in Columbus, Ohio, even though none of the teams that were playing there were Columbus, Ohio teams. And so, um, you get a lot of cases like that. And, and so it's it's just a whole new, you know, how do you compute park, park factors for that, uh, which is something we try to do uh, on our site, you know, to, to calculate things like wins above replacement and, and uh, ERA plus and stuff like that. So it's it's really it, it was it was a fun problem to work on, um, but it was definitely a challenge to uh, to try and get that it, to, to some degree. The COVID uh, shutdown of 2020 really kind of. Uh, kind of made the whole process easier because now we have a season, a modern season where there are 60 games. And, uh, you know, what do you do with the records? You know, people were asking is if somebody hits 400 in 2020, are they, uh, are they a 400 hitter uh, or not? And so, you know, stuff like that, um, that, that season kind of opened up, maybe opened up people's minds to saying that, well, 40, 50 game season, maybe that is a, you know, we, we can look at that as a major league season. Well, the other thing that's confounding too, is just the sheer number of barnstorming and exhibition right. games or, or add-ons or I want to call them pickup games. I, you right. know, there, right. there were money-making uh, endeavors to get, get the most out of the players and, and, and maximize their time on the road or in between right. stops and all that kind of stuff. You know, how you asterisk your way through those two has got to be tough. Yeah. And we, uh, you know, uh, Sean Gibson, one of the first questions he asked me was, uh, you're not going to put asterisks on anybody's anybody's pages, are you? And and I assured him that that was not the case. So, I, I mean, you know, if you look at Josh, Josh Gibson's page, we, we list him with 165 major league home runs. If you go to, I think, in Cooperstown, I think he has 800 plus listed on his plaque. And so, you know, we try to be clear. One of the pieces we have written is is about, you know, these barnstorming games and how we're only showing a small a subset of the games that these teams played. 
And those, you know, that that's not the player's fault. Josh Gibson was playing in the games that he was allowed to play in. And, and we should not penalize him for having, you know, for having to play in other games to, uh, you know, to, to uh, you know, support his family and, and to earn his living. Uh, that was not his fault. That was society that put that upon him. And so, um, so we, we, you know, we, we show the games that we have for him uh, for, for the major league seasons that, that, that for the seasons that we recognize as major league, but you're correct. There are, there are, there are hundreds and hundreds of other games that he played in for which we don't have the records or for which, you know, the, the level of competition was not, you know, in our, our estimation of major league competition. Um, and, and those were home runs that he hit. Um, and so, you know, we were working and thinking about ways that we can present that information uh, to the, to the public as well, when it's known, um, and so, yeah, it's, it's, um, you know, there are a lot of layers to this as we, uh, as we go forward with this. All right. Here, here's the other process question that is, is you, you hinted at it before. I think you said seven, but I guess there's even probably a uh, uh, debate as to, uh, to the number of these, where did you, and maybe this was in conjunction with, with Gary and seam heads and, and maybe other, right. other sources, where do you draw the line on what was a quote unquote major league versus the uh, certainly significant amount of, by modern terms, I guess, minor leagues of the right. Negro variety. Yeah. I mean, we, we would call them the, the independent Negro leagues. Uh, but, but yeah, there, there are, there are, it's, 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 you, you can make a number of different arguments. So at some point you have to, um, you know, just make a decision and, and go with it. And if, you know, facts change, uh, you know, in your understanding, you, you would make a change. You know, I, I um, the, the Sabre group that I was a part of had I, I I am not an expert on the history of the major uh, history of the Negro Leagues, and so I I really tried to you know bring out uh, to to reach out to uh, experts in that regard. And so the the Sabre group was uh, was one that that I relied upon, um, and so that included you know Gary Ashwell and Larry Lester and a number of other uh, you know prominent uh, Negro League researchers, um, and, and so. That that that's one source, and I know Major League Baseball. You know, I, I don't know if that was a happy coincidence or if it shows, uh, you know, the strength of the research it's based on. But they came up with the same, you know, list of leagues that that uh, the Saber Group did uh, to recognize as as Major League. Um, you know, like I said, there are a number of teams that get excluded in that argument. Um, you know, the Kansas City Monarchs maybe being the the main one. They they do appear on our side a number of seasons. Um, but number of seasons, they were an independent team. And so don't show up on our site, even though they had, you know, Satchel Page and others uh, playing for them. Um, so it, it was really, yeah, I, I, I can't really speak. There, there are criteria, things like, did they have a schedule? Um, you know, where, where, how, how, um, um, how, how much of the schedule was played? You know, was it played out through the season where, you know, what was the record keeping like? Um, all that kind of stuff were things that that um, you know that that went into those decisions, and so um, it was. Um, yeah, it's it's a bit of an art, um, but I, I feel pretty comfortable with where we landed. All right, and and describe what you mean by landed. So, what is what has happened with the these data sources and your incorporation thereof? Um, sure. What can one see now? Uh, incorporating of these, let's say six or seven uh, major uh, league Negro leagues, uh, and 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 what gaps remain? What things 
uh, do you think uh, you still uh, have to yet to discover or or put in there? How much how much of a project do you think you still have left with this or is it mostly kind of, you know, complete? Well, it's complete in the sense that we have place them into the site, into the, into the major league section of the site. So, you know, if you go, if you go to the, go to the site, um, you know, on the front page, if you look at the players uh, headshots, you'll see uh, Negro league players mixed into there. If you go to the leaderboards for slugging percentage, obviously because of the schedules and the, and some of the gaps in our, in our statistics, uh, Negro league players do not show up very often on the, on the, on the, um, counting stats, uh, leaderboards, all time leaderboards on our site, but they will show up on single season, uh, leaderboards. They'll show up on, uh, all time on base percentage leaderboards. Uh, for instance, I think, um, I think, uh, Josh Gibson, uh, if you look at like, uh, career OPS plus, uh, you know, Josh Gibson, um, actually Oscar Charleston is number three now on our site. It's Babe Ruth, Ted Williams, Oscar Charleston, uh, Barry Bonds, Lou Gehrig, and Turkey Stearns, which I find incredibly cool that, you know, that we're able to do that uh, on our site. Um, and so, you know, all of those stats, uh, those leaderboards are now listed there. They're listed in similar players. If, if uh, players have similarities, we research a lot of nicknames for players. We found headshots. We uh, licensed headshots for a number of players. Um, you know, we, we've tried to add, you know, we, as new information like birth and death dates, uh, get updated, we'll add that schools information where they went to high school, where they might've gone to college. Um, you know, basically we, we are, we are treating these players now as the major leaguers that they are. And so we recognize them as, as, uh, as major league players on our site. Yeah. I mean, look, you look at like a satchel page, right. Just to be able to see, you know, this whole history that he had before, 1948's Cleveland Indians, right? The American League. I mean, it's it's just it, the Birmingham Black Barons, the the Negro National League, number one. I mean, it's it's fantastic, and and it's it's so it's it's amazing to see that all sort of shall we say consolidated, like it is part of a natural evolution of how a player in that era might have evolved from solely Negro League play to that of Major League play, or or. Mm-hmm. Or, or, and comparatively so. Um, right. But yeah, you still see some gaps and stuff, but I can imagine you still have uh, plenty of, uh, and, and maybe AI gets you there. Maybe machine learning gets you there where you can look at enough statistics and data to kind of make some uh, logical statistical leaps uh, where things might need still to be filled in. Uh, per, per, perhaps I, I, uh, I, I would, I would hesitate to use estimated stats, but, you know, I, I, I think there's still a number of things, you know, th- this is a, this is an example of, you know, if, if, a, if someone of your listeners wants a hobby and has some free time, they can get on newspapers.com. They can go to their local library. They can order through interlibrary loan, uh, look on microfilm. They can reach out to seam heads. They can reach out to RetroSheet, um, who's now trying to ac- accumulate box scores for, for these games, similar to what they've done for the white major leagues. And if we're able to do that, we'll add those that data to the site. So, you know, there's also um, there's also necrology data. You know, some of these players, we lack birth birth uh, place information or birth date information, uh, date of death. Um, you know, all those kinds of things are things that could be added to the site going forward. And it's really it's a it's a big group project. It's people who are who love this stuff, who uh, who take the time to uh, to, to work on it. So it, it's really um, you know, I think I think that's a, that's a big um, you know that's a big opportunity for all of us. I think I, I you know I t- as I've told people that you know I told people this last summer when we launched this. 
you know, I was always kind of jealous of uh, David Neft and and people like that who got to work on the baseball encyclopedia in 1969 because they were really doing you know like new stuff. It was it was a new thing that they were doing, and this really feels similar to that. This is a new opportunity for people to really um, do historical research and find a lot of new information. You can you can cover a lot of ground uh, with a little sweat of your brow and some and some know how and, and and really push the field forward. So I. I hope people will consider taking a taking taking up uh, the opportunity to do that and, and spend some time doing that. All right, I got two more questions for you, and I appreciate all the time. Uh, one sort of more micro, and the other one a little more broadly macro, and then I'll I'll let you promote um, in earnest. Um, on uh, when it comes to um, uh, these statistics and, and incorporating all those things, and and the process that you went through, especially the last couple of years. Um, in, in your mind, and I know you're not a member of the National Baseball Hall of Fame I, I, or all these other sort of entities and stuff, but in your mind, why did it take, why has it, why has it taken so long to get to this point where at the very least we get to some level of statistical equality here? Um, I, I mean, I think, I, I think that, it's yeah. also, I don't mean to put you on the spot, but I think that's no, also no. sort of tied in with, you know, the inelegant the only word that comes to mind, uh, recognitional history uh, from the Hall of Fame itself, right? It right and spurts right. and 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 not not uh, you know uniformly applied, right? I'll go back right, right. to Williams' induction speech. Yeah, yeah, no, I, that's certainly true. I, I, you know, well, I mean, I, you know, I think the easy answer is there's a lot of uh, society, there's a lot of racism in our society, and so that you know that that's an underlying aspect of all of this that that can't be ignored. Um, I, you know, I think for me personally, I, you know, I, I, I certainly would not, I mean, it's been the same for us, right? It took us until 2021 to start to recognize these. We, we could have made that decision five years ago uh, and, 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 uh, and started going our own way in that regard. We didn't, we didn't need to have, to, we didn't have to wait uh, or necessarily expect to wait. Uh, you know, we would have done this regardless of what Major League Baseball had done, but we, we, you know, we, we could have done this our, ourselves a long time ago. Uh, and I, so I, I think it's, you know, it's, it's progress is really what it is. And, it, and so, you know, I think the hall, I know the people at the hall of fame very well. We're, we're, uh, we, we, uh, we're partners with them in a number of ways. Um, and so, you know, I know they're reassessing a lot of their exhibits and thinking about how they're going to, uh, take this kind of new recognition and, and sprinkle it through the, you know, I mean, how, how many of the little placards in their, in their, uh, you know, in their displays are now incorrect because the number of players has changed or the number of home runs hit major league history have changed or uh, all, all of those things, those little things that kind of add up to the history of the game now are all kind of a little bit, a little bit different. So, um, you know, so I, I think we're all, um, you know, hopefully everybody's going through it, trying to figure out what the right way to approach this is and, and, and being careful and respectful about it. Um, and so I, you know, I, I really think it's, it's, um, you know, I, I think it's just progress is really what I'd say that we, that we've come to this point and hopefully, hopefully we'll continue on that path. And, and, um, you know, I think, I think there's obviously more that can be done and, and we're hoping to support people doing that. All right. Here's the macro question then. So uh, uh, in addition to this significant uh, augmentation on the baseball side, the the mothership, I guess, of the mm-hmm. sports reference <laughs> umbrella uh, of sites and stuff. Um, uh, you mentioned, I think the most recent one is FB ref on the soccer slash football side. Right. Of things. Uh, what other uh, what other uh, enhancements and or expansionary 
ideas do you have in mind, given uh, probably limited resources? But, you know, if you had your druthers, what, what other things do you see yourself either augmenting or expanding into beyond uh, the major sports and, and co- collegiate things that you're involved right. in? Yeah. Well, we, we, you know, we really see one of our major missions is data democratization. So you mentioned the openness earlier, and so that's making data available to the public. But we also think that, you know, recognizing sports that are maybe underrepresented, um, you know, either through sex, you know, because uh, of gender, gender bias or, 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 uh, or other biases. So, you know, we, we've made, done a major push. Uh, we've, significantly improved the uh, the quality of our WNBA site last year. So now it's essentially at parity with our NBA site. Um, we're probably, we're, I, I can't 100% commit to it, but we're pretty committed to doing a women's college basketball site uh, this year, probably in time for, for next season uh, to start. I mentioned the NCAA softball. Uh, and we, you know, I think we're the, we're the main source or the best source for women's world cup stats at the, at the moment as well. So we, we've moved in a number of those directions. Uh, you know, we're looking, our, our soccer site is still our smallest site, which if you know, anybody who knows soccer knows it's the world's most popular sport. So there's a lot of opportunity there um, to grow our audience there, reach, you know, new users, wherever they are, whether that's Africa, whether that's Europe, whether that's South America, um, so we're, we're really, that's a huge push for us uh, going forward, uh, especially on the soccer site. You know, maybe you mentioned USFL and WFL at some point. We, we do get emails every once in a while about the USFL stats. I, I, we were joking that it'll probably only, it'll now become like five a month when we, uh, when the USFL relaunches here. Yeah. But, you know, maybe we'll get to that at some point. Add USF, you know, I, I would love to see uh, Herschel Walker, Calvin Bryant stats, uh, you know, including their, uh, including their USFL stats on there. Yeah. I mean, look, if, if we're, if we're going to, if we're going to lob in a request like, uh, like the other four people, uh, you know, I, um, some of those uh, leagues uh, in various sports and stuff of, of the past, I think, yeah. you know, I, I think a lot of your opportunity, frankly, is, is strangely going back in time. So as yeah. a soccer fan and, and as a newly, uh, uh, enamored with um, with FB Ref, um, you know uh, the North American Soccer League uh, right. back sure. from the seventies and eighties, right? Um, you know the, the indoor soccer. I mean, and there's probably even some leagues, right? Arena football. Right. That's a good question, right? Does that does that fit right. into football or not? Uh, you know, debatable. But you know, players did play in look at like a Kurt Warner, right? Who actually right. you know right. proved it. so. I, it just, you know, I, I think your opportunities are, are, are limitless, um, but that's also probably part of the problem, given, you know, you're only how many people. Right. 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 Yeah. It, it's uh, yeah. You definitely, um, you know, you know, in software development, you have something called technical debt. So any anytime you add, you know, more responsibilities and, and things like that, you have to, you know, especially things that have slightly different rules or slightly different changes. You always have to account for those, the, the, those, uh, those sorts of things. So I, you know, I would say we do have the ABA uh, for basketball, <clears throat> excuse me. We do have WHA for, for hockey. So, you know, we do have a number of different, you know, and, and even in football, we have AAFC and, and the AFL obviously. And, and, and a lot of, we, we do have some historical leagues that, uh, you know, that in some cases the NFL recognizes or in other cases they don't. So it's, you know, it's not, it wouldn't be unfounded for us to add something like USFL and, and uh, you know, going forward from uh, from where we are. It's really all a matter of, you know, having the data source and, uh, and you know, and feeling confident that it's accurate and, and correct. And, and well, complete. you can be sure, you can be sure that yours truly, as well as this little mighty uh, uh, and international audience will uh, probably be knocking on your door on a more regular basis. Too. All right. Well, you know, and what are your things? listeners? 
one of your listeners might have a spreadsheet somewhere with all those stats. So, you know, hit me up. I, uh, you know, we, we're happy to talk. Uh, you know, we, we, um, you know, we just did a deal last summer with a researcher who uh, had watched, he and another gentleman had watched, uh, John Turney and, uh, and Nick Webster had watched all of this game film to compile sack totals uh, previous to 1982 when it became an official defensive stat. Uh, and we launched, you know, basically we now have sacks back to the early 60s for every game, um, you know, for every game that, that, uh, that was played. Um, and so, um, you know, that information now, you know, um, Al Baker uh, now is our single season sack leader um, because, you know, he had, he had, uh, more sacks than than uh, Strahan had, or I think he tied Strahan, um, and, and he's now recognized on our side as the uh, single season sack leader. So, you know, stuff like that changes all the time, and, and we're happy to have discussions with that with people and and talk to them about it. So, if, you know, it, it sounds like your audience might be uh, our kind of people, and if if they have uh, they have data sets that they put together, we'd be, we'd love to hear about it. All right, you heard it, friends, straight from the horse's mouth. Sean has uh, put thrown down the gauntlet, so I, I'm That's sure right. more, than, more than a few people will probably take you up on that. All right. Um, quick uh, last opportunity to promote um, the book uh, specifically because it just came out. And I think it's a nice entree to this kind of st- all the stuff we've been talking right. about, uh, as well as obviously um, uh, the, vari- the the site uh, as well and the site uh, extensions as well. Yeah. So the the book is the Negro Leagues or Major Leagues. I'm not a hundred percent. I I, uh, I was a little surprised when you told me that it was available. I know it was going to the printer, so I wasn't sure if it must be showing up on Amazon now. I'll have to. According I'll have to, to Amazon, it. it's available right. to ship in one to two days. So oh, really, all I'll right. Take, well, I'll you, take them at face I, value. There. I actually have not seen a hard copy of the book yet, so I I will um, I may have to uh, send out a few copies tonight after after hearing that. So. So I, I, I'm supposed to have a few boxes coming my way with uh, with books, but I'm not sure if I can wait that long. So, um, yeah, so the book is Negro Leagues or Major Leagues. Uh, it's a co- co-published by Sports Reference and Sabre. Um, and, and uh, you know, you should definitely check it out if you're interested in these issues. And, and we're, you know, a great, you know, great group of authors that we are fortunate to work with. Um, and, uh, and so, you know, I think you'll definitely learn something from it and get, get something out of it. You know, our, our site, um, you know, I, it's 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 very hard to describe our site in one or two sentences, but it's you know basically as much information as we can we can uh, gather on on these sports and and uh, you know as uh, as conveniently presented as possible. So um, you know the the one thing I will add, we do have a subscription feature for people who really want to like get in and do their own reports and uh, you know pull their own numbers and see things like um, you know instead of calling a live sports bureau, wanting to run their own uh, custom reports. Uh, called Stathead, and uh, we also have email newsletters around that. So you know, t- take a look at Stat. If you're if you're someone who's uh, who's listening to a podcast like this, you might uh, you might want to do queries like who you know which 1960 second baseman had the most home runs or something like that. So uh, you can find all that information on Stathead. Well, as you know, we're we're probably not that was certainly not the only ones that refer to your site on a uh, consistent and regular basis, and, and it's sports-reference.com. That's the umbrella, mm-hmm. but. It, it, that's the tributary to everything, but then you can also bookmark and bookmark let yep. all these uh, other pieces and components and stuff to it. Uh, Sean, this has been uh, awesome. A, a little bit of a geek fest for me, but um, mm-hmm. I, I appreciate it. And I, I know our audience uh, will even appreciate it more. Um, but I, you know, I, I'm sure I'm not the only one who said this to you, you know, when it comes to uh, the work that you've done specifically about integrating literally and figuratively the Negro league, major league statistics, 
long overdue, I think, for various reasons. Um, you know, I, I, a tip of the um, Ebbetsfield flannel cap in your general direction right. for for making this, you know, an important thing to do because it's not only the right thing to do, but it's it's um, it's important uh, for for history, posterity. Uh, and a whole bunch of other reasons, societal and otherwise. So, you know, kudos. And that's uh, one of the reasons I reached out in the first place. And um, I think there's a, a legion of fans out there and folks who are just not familiar with baseball or the Negro Leagues who uh, will benefit, uh, hopefully, for generations to come. I appreciate that. Thank you. That, that means a lot. All right. You heard the man. Uh, if you've got some uh, uh, statistics uh, lying around uh, somewhere in your attic or your basement, uh, some uh, musty old uh, uh, media guides or, or uh, access to microfiche or whatever, and there's some hidden gems that uh, have not been shared with the world or even Wikipedia, uh, Sean Foreman and crew are eager uh, to have that, uh, that data to uh, help fill in the uh, ever- changing and ever-evolving uh, trove of, uh, of statistics and information uh, found in the uh, suite of sites known as Sports Reference. So the website, uh, the sort of uh, ultimate uh, locus for this kind of stuff is sports-reference.com. And then there is sort of your portal, your gateway to all of the, uh, the sports uh, that they cover, including baseball and basketball and hockey and pro football and college football and soccer and college basketball and more stuff to come right um and again the baseball one of course where all the uh, negro league uh, integration of statistics and whatnot uh, is baseball-reference.com but check it out um uh you know i i, I warn you in advance that uh, once you uh uh find this site and i uh, start tr- uh, trolling around it um you're gonna spend a whole lot of time so make sure you give yourself an entire afternoon and evening maybe a week a vacation, whatever, because uh, it's just uh, it's a geek fest uh, and it's uh, it's wonderful and it's important stuff. Uh, and we thank Sean for um, giving us a little insight, frankly, as to how the process of taking all that Negro League uh, information and uh, elevating it and incorporating it into uh, the mainstream of, of baseball's history uh, was and frankly continues to be done. Uh, you can follow Sean not only on the, on the website, but at a couple of different uh, Twitter uh Handles one is at baseball underscore ref, R E F, and uh, Sean's personal Twitter uh, handle is at Sean S E A N underscore Foreman F O R M A N. Let's see uh, the book uh, must get. Uh, it's a great um, companion uh, to the um, uh, the data that is now part of uh, Baseball Reference. Uh, it's called The Negro Leagues Are Major Leagues, uh, Essays and Research for Overdue Recognition. Uh, it is published by Sabre, um, the Society for American Baseball Research. It is available now wherever good books are found. Uh, and, of course, the quickest place uh, to get it, I believe it's uh, a paperback book. Uh, you can get it now. Uh, and, of course, if you'd like to give us a sh- couple of shekels of love, referral-wise... Uh, in the process in getting that book, please do so. Go to our website at goodseatsstillavailable.com. Just search up this episode, number 245, with our new pal, Sean Foreman. And uh, there'll be a convenient link to this book. And um, you will uh, obviously get it as quick as uh, as Amazon is able to do it, which in some cases could be just a few hours. 
Uh, and what's wrong with that? Um, for sure, to have uh, all this goodness and companion uh, stuff to uh, the data that uh, you'll find on all of those uh, great websites. Uh, while you're on our website, goodseatsstillavailable.com, you'll see all of our stuff, right? You want to send us email? Sure. We're at hello at goodseatsstillavailable.com. Uh, on uh, our various social feeds, you'll find our links there, but you can also go directly to them. On Twitter, we're at goodseatsstill. On Instagram, we're at goodseatsstillavailable. And on Facebook, there's a little page devoted to us called Good Seats Still Available as well. We also have a weekly email newsletter. We send that out every weekend just to give you a sort of tip sheet on what the uh, following week's episode is going to be. Uh, just tool around on our website and find that link. And yes, I promise 2022, uh, we're going to improve uh, the website navigation and make it easier to find and all that stuff. Uh, Jerry Payne, Jerry Payne Audio Excellence. Thank you, kind sir, for your uh, knob twiddling this week, of course, as always. And uh, thank you uh, to you out there in listener land. Thanks for all your comments, your inquiries, your uh, notes of... Um, support uh, your discovery of our various episodes and and the personal uh, stories behind uh, your uh, uh, your consumption of them we we love every single one of them so uh, uh, indeed keep it coming and uh, please of course tell your friends and please God for God's sakes rate and review us well yeah I think uh, there are a few other sites now besides uh, Apple podcasts that are allowing you to uh, actually add some um, uh, some uh, rankings and some stars and stuff so give us uh, the best kind of love you can. Uh, and uh, we appreciate that very much. Until next week, uh, we shall see you and we appreciate it. Bye-bye.